and good morning from the New Living Translation in the book of Genesis chapter 1 we are reading verses 1 to 5 and 24 to 31 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness night. And the evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animals, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the world, the crowns. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth, and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that is like. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. I now here's David, our pastor, to give us a message from God. Thanks, David. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate you doing that large Bible reading for us. Um, for those in the auditorium, if you haven't already um, had a chance to collect one of these sheets then make sure you do. Um, it's a bit of a cartoony outline of the Gospel of John. For those at home, um, we'll be looking to email that out to you this week so that you have a copy as well that you can uh, be edified by that. Hopefully it's something that you appreciate as well. The lights dim. And the final warning to switch off mobile phones splashes across the screen as the curtains pull back 
and the music starts. The opening scene is crucial. The genesis of the movie needs to capture people's attention, engaging the individual in such a way that they settle in and realise this is going to be amazing and I can't wait. If you were to set the, um, the beginning scene for your story, where would you start? Well, in the words of the philosopher Maria von Trapp, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with ABC. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. So where would you start if you were going to write the story of Jesus? Let me pray. Jesus, as we spend some time in your word, we ask that you would help in, to enliven the pages that we read, that you would be at work in us, Holy Spirit, that you would brood over us just as you did on those first days of creation and that you would continue to create in us a desire to grow and to be closer to you, and that you would use this time for your glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to John chapter 1. Now, last week we discovered the purpose of John's writing and how that purpose helps to decide what you will and won't do, to what you will and won't say yes to. For John, he writes so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. And so from the very beginning of the Gospel of John, the writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, collates and constructs the Jesus story in such a way to encourage the reader to choose to believe in Jesus, the Messiah. So where does John begin to call the reader to choose Jesus? When John starts at Genesis, the very beginning. Let's read in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, 
he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not of a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one that I talked about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So in the limited time that we have, let's, let's tease this out some, some more and, and see some of the amazing significance of this passage, which helps to set John's gospel apart from all the other gospels. For those at home, I invite you to join in by talking to the screen, hopefully not shouting to the screen, but talking to the screen as we try a little bit of interaction um, for those here and for those at home. So John chapter 1 verse 1, what does that remind you of when you read those first words? Genesis, that's right, Genesis chapter 1. So while Mark's account starts with John the Baptist bearing witness to Jesus and Matthew and Luke talk about Mary's pregnancy by the Holy Spirit and Jesus' family tree, the Genesis or the beginning of John's account goes back to Genesis and draws in the language and some of the order of Genesis in the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. Now there are a few important reasons that John does this. First, John wants to leave the reader without any doubt at all of the undeniable link between God and the beginning and Jesus. There is an inseparable link, an intrinsic link, between John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1, between Jesus and the God of the Old Testament. But also there's a development and a fulfilment of the Old Testament in Jesus. Remember that the Old Testament was still being in the process of being compiled Still, John's audience would have been familiar with the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In these five books, we discover the origins of creation, the fall of humanity, the enslaving of God's people and their rescue from slavery the covenant relationship between God and his people and the representation of God's presence in the tabernacle and the mediation between God and people through Moses. All good Jewish boys and girls would know this stuff inside out and back to front. So would every convert to to Judaism as well. 
And every year at the Passover, they heard the story of the Exodus and why this Passover night was so different to every other night of the year. They lived and they breathed the Torah. And then, boom, John chapter 1 gets read and catapults the reader right back to Genesis, to the very first book of the Torah. But not just the first book of the Torah, but the very first words of the first book of the Torah. Genesis 1, with three powerful words, in the beginning. And then John poetically starts to wrap cosmic thought into powerful words. In the beginning, the word already existed. Now, the reader would have thought that the following, um, following in the beginning, God should be written next. But John intentionally substitutes God with the word to make a point, to develop and to reinforce this in verse 2. While thoughts remain internal to a person, so what I'm thinking stays inside of me, But when I speak words, when they are spoken out of me, they also represent me, but they are separate to me. We see this unpacked in the next two lines. The word was with God, separate to. The word was God, intimate and connected to. Then John returns to the beginning in typical John fashion by saying almost the same thing but putting a slight reshaping to it. He existed in the beginning with God. So here John is saying about Jesus, the Word, that the Word was not created. The Word pre-existed and was in the beginning just as the Jewish God did and was. And that the word was with God and was differentiated from God the Father, but it was also equally God. Now, remember how we talked about the word pre-existing? The word was not created by God so that everything else could be created through the word, like some sort of subcontractor that you employ to do the job on your behalf. But God, in Genesis 1, does want to create he creates God. What, what, what does God do when he creates? God said. God speaks. God speaks words. And creation takes place. And while it doesn't say it in John chapter 1, and we fully appreciate in Genesis 1, we discover the beautiful interplay of God the Father, God the Son, the Word, And God the Spirit, the pneuma, the breath, the spirit, the wind. God the Father breathes. Pneuma, wind, spirit. God the Father breathes and as he breathes out, words come out. God the Son. All three combine. The triune God is actively and intimately involved equally in creation. And so, in verse 3, John emphatically declares that everything was created, that was created, was created through the Word, and nothing bypassed 
the Word. And the Word gave light and life to creation. And that light shines in the darkness and is more powerful than the darkness. With verse 5, John sets up Jesus as the Word who is separate from God but coexists with God and pre-existed with God from Genesis, from the beginning. And everything that exists and that was created by God was created by the Word, the light. But then moving from the original creation, John moves um, from infinite time to a time of John's current time in verse 6 and introduces a new theme of witness. John the baptizer witnessing to Jesus. And John, like someone with too much caffeine, moves from the imagery of word to the imagery of light. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. It only takes six verses into John chapter 1 when we see the purpose of the gospel coming up. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe. John takes on the role to point to the light, to Jesus, to bear witness to Jesus, so that people would come not only to know about Jesus, but to know Jesus personally and to believe in Jesus. But with the witness about Jesus comes the opportunity for people to respond. They, face, they are faced with a choice, like a fork in the road, to choose to believe in Jesus or choose not to believe in Jesus. We, we see this played out in the following verses and we see the theme of recreation played out as well. He, the word, the light, came into the very world he created but the world did not recognise him. He came into his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, they are recreated, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but birth that comes from God. The word which created the world and the world came into being uh, through the words in, um, incarnation, unfortunately the world in its fullness and in its brokenness by and large failed to recognise its creator. And then more specifically to his own people, to the nation of Israel, the ones that should have known among all the nations, the Israelites should have known. Instead, they largely rejected him as well. But... But to all who believed in him and accepted him comes this beautiful transformation, this recreation that takes place. Or to put it simply, through the incarnation comes the opportunity for a recreation of the original creation. Through him, people who believe in him can become children of God, a divine recreation. And once again, 
in typical John fashion. John almost um, says the same thing, but with a slight reshaping. Creation or incarnation, witness and recreation. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John returns to his original language and adds another layer of meaning to it. The word incarnate takes created human form. Rather than staying distant from creation, the word becomes creation. The word becomes human, a radical concept to the reader. Not only did the word become human through his incarnation, but he also made his home. He pitched his tent with us. Now, for the Jewish reader, their mind would flash back again to the Torah because where does God pitch his tent? In the exodus from slavery. God represented himself through the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. So when the reader hears this, they hear, so the word becomes human and tabernacled among us. The word is the new, the fulfilment of the role of the tabernacle, the meeting place between God and his people. So we have creation of sorts in the word's incarnation, becoming human, but the writer John bears witness to this by excitedly declaring, and we, we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone would come after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. Then comes the recreation theme again in verse 16. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. We are being recreated. We are being transformed. We are living life well because we are receiving and we will continue to receive one blessing upon blessing because we believe in Jesus. Then just in case, just in case, the reader is uncertain of the fulfilment and supremacy of Jesus over the Torah, John does his crescendo to leave the reader in no doubt of the significance of Jesus. For the law, the Torah, was given through Moses, the mediator in the Old Testament between God and his people. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God and is near to the Father's heart. Not only is Jesus the Messiah, but Jesus is God the Son, both fully God and fully human. Jesus is the Word 
who was from the very beginning, with God and was God. Through Jesus, everything was created. And everything was created through Jesus. Jesus is the true light, not some flickering dim light. And darkness and evil cannot and will not have victory over Jesus. Jesus is unique, the only Son of God. And then rather than just leaving it there, John playfully but thoughtfully starts a new sentence but does not finish it. He, Jesus, has revealed God to us. And it's almost as if there's a dot, dot, dot afterwards. To know how this ends, John invites us to keep reading. So in light of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, what are some things which John calls us to make some choices around? John invites us today to choose to believe Jesus is God. Not just Jesus in a manger, but Jesus who is fully God and from full eternity past. John invites us to believe Jesus is the co-author, the co-creator of everything that exists. John invites us to believe that Jesus is the human realisation of God's love and his creation and to believe that Jesus is our rescuer, our redeemer. John invites us to believe that Jesus wants to show us unfailing love and faithfulness. Recording stopped. Thanks for that. But in all of this, John also is saying that by believing in Jesus as our creator and our rescuer, that Jesus has a claim over our life, a life that John calls us to have dedicated to Jesus. Jesus wants to reveal his love, God's love, fully to us if we're willing to believe in Jesus. How will you respond today? Let me pray. Jesus, from eternity past, you were the Son of God. God Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, you spoke and creation came into being. And you looked on your creation and you love your creation. You love each one of us. And in our separation from you, in our turning of our back to you, and our desire to do our own thing, you call us. You long for us to come back to you. And Jesus, if there's people here today that don't know you personally. Holy Spirit, I invite you, I encourage that people would respond to you today.
that they would accept you, Jesus, as God, as God of their life, and that they would experience the love and the fullness of a relationship with you today. Amen. So how might we respond? Well, there's a few questions that I've posed on the screen for you. Based on what you know of Jesus, you're invited to take the beginning steps. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to do it all. But to take the beginning steps of a relationship with Jesus as God, as your saviour. How do you do that? Well, you accept that you have a broken relationship with God. You acknowledge that Jesus died and rose again to deal with this brokenness, to not just to patch it up, but to fix it up pure, good, better than before. And that you ask Jesus to help you to follow him as your leader, as your king. But for those that have been on the journey for a while, you are also invited to believe that Jesus is God of all creation and to offer those areas to Jesus, those areas of your life that you've been holding back, you've been withholding from Jesus because you want to control it yourself. Perhaps today it's time to release that control back to God, back to Jesus. I invite you to spend some time to, to maybe write a prayer Maybe write a prayer of offering your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe write a prayer offering a part of your life to Jesus again that you've been wanting to hold back from him. Some music's going to be played and I encourage you during this time to spend this time with God and responding to what God's saying to you today. God bless you. (laughs) 